What kind of hero is four feet tall? What kind of hero is blue and silver? What kind of hero chirps and beeps and flies into battle against the evil Darth Vader? R2-D2 is that kind of hero. R2-D2 is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere, and welcome to the fifth episode of Blast Points, where we know the only thing more fun than watching Star Wars is talking Star Wars. So this week we have another of the semi-annual interview episodes, and uh, this week's we got some really good ones. I'm talking to Kurt Zimmerman, legendary droid builder, and Dave Scheidt, super comic fan, comic writer. And we're going to talk about the year in Marvel Star Wars comics. The year that was, the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the Lando, the Dr. Afros, everything. So let's not waste any more time and let's get right to a talk I had about a week ago with Mr. Kurt Zimmerman. Okay, so I am here with Kurt, Kurt Zimmerman. How are you doing, Kurt? Uh, doing good, Jason. Thanks for calling. Oh, no problem. Thank you for doing this. So let's start at the beginning. How did you first get exposed to Star Wars? Well, that was a long time ago, you know, when the first movie came out. Back yeah. in uh, 1977, uh, like most of the guys my age, we were uh, young adults, and uh, we were used to what they were putting out for movies back then, and uh, Star Wars kind of blew us all away. And especially if you were uh, somewhat mechanically inclined, like I was uh, back then. I was working on a lot of cars and things like that. But uh, when we saw R2 roll on the screen, uh, you know, he was he was dirty, he was dusty, he was greasy, and and uh, he was saving the universe. So, um, you know, he was pretty impressive. Now, what was it? it was, even back then, were, were you starting to think, I want, I want to build one of those, I want to make one of those? Well, that was outside of my uh, uh, world at that time, but uh, I wanted one. You know, when I saw one, you know, I, I uh, thought it'd be pretty cool to have one yeah. or to uh, or to be friends with one. You know, they pro- projected him as such a character in the movies. Yeah, you almost started thinking of him as a uh, as a person. But uh, he had a uh, he had a knack of being able to stay, save everybody. Uh, so uh, he was uh, he was the guy that you wanted to be friends with. And what was it about Star Wars even back then that today it's still, not even with building droids, but it still continues to resonate with you? There's still a passion for it. Uh, well, I, I think it's probably the storytelling that uh, George Lucas did. Yeah. I mean, he, he touched on, you know, good versus evil. Uh, you know, I mean, the whole, uh, he, he borrowed from everybody shamelessly, and uh, he, he rolled all the stories together. So that uh, it was just something that uh, is just part of human nature, you know, that the uh, good would triumph and the evil would, uh, would uh, you know, be menacing, but then uh, the good could overcome it. So it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was always a great storyline. And uh, for the way that he uh, showed uh, science fiction was kind of new back then. Uh, I mean, Buck Rogers was bright, new, and shiny, and Star Trek was bright, new, and shiny, and uh, George Lucas came along with a universe that uh, was actually believable uh, because it, you could tell it had been lived in. 
Now, how, and how did you first get involved in droid building? What, what, were, what were your first steps? Well, that came uh, a little later in life. Uh, I was looking for a hobby. Um, I spent a lot of time restoring uh, old classic Pontiacs and cars and things like that, and I did, and I write books and do things like that on the side. But uh, I was looking for something that uh, had a lot of different elements. It, it would have to have the uh, building element because um, I kind of like to build things, and um, I wanted to be a little bit challenged. So uh, uh, that was there, and I wanted to do some of the um, charity work that we do as uh, Star Wars costumers or Star Wars droid builders. And uh, this had, this was like the perfect mix of all of that. I mean, uh, you build a droid, you become friends with the guys that are droid builders, and then you have something that uh, piques people's interest. So no matter where I go, uh, R2-D2 can draw a crowd, and it, it creates that interest. So, But as far as getting started, um, it was just a matter of looking for a hobby that uh, um, would would uh, pique my interest and kind of challenge me a little bit uh, mentally, and uh, the droid building was, was perfect for that. It's, it's amazing how, because um, I've been at like Maker Faire and Motor City Comic Con and stuff where I've seen your droids, and it's amazing how R2-D2 never fails to just make people smile. <laughs> well, when you, uh, when you turn the sounds on uh, and turn the lights on and start moving him around, he's all of a sudden alive. Yeah. And, uh, I, I try to stay in the background or I hide around the corner or I, I stand next to somebody else or behind somebody else with the radio and let R2 you know, be the star out in front. And uh, I've had people stand there and just carry on conversations with him. Uh, not even knowing or even caring where I'm at or that anyone is controlling them. It's just that uh, R2-D2 is there. Hey, I saw you in the movie, and, uh, you know, I want to tell you how excited I am to see you. Yeah. And, you know, it's a piece of uh, metal and plastic uh, out there in the middle of the floor making beeping noises. So, But uh, he does bring a smile to everybody's face. Was R2 your first droid you ever built? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was uh, Baptism by Fire, I guess, the... Uh, <laughs> It was one of the more complicated ones. It took me seven months to build R2. Okay. Uh, that, but that was after three months of research. Yeah. Um, there's so many different ways to build a droid, and there's so many different materials out there that can be used. Uh, we have a great club. It's a worldwide club. It's the uh, R2-D2 Builders Club, and our website is astromech.net. Okay. And, and uh, that was started, the club was started by a, uh, a guy called Dave Everett, and he's uh, from Australia, hmm. and and um, um, it's become a worldwide phenomenon. We have there's probably two thousand active members. Uh, we have well over ten thousand members, but uh, there's probably two thousand active, and there's probably uh, I would guess maybe three hundred uh, operational droids in the world. Um, there's probably three times that number under construction. Uh, some of them will never get finished, but uh, there's a lot of them out there that are being built. Uh, there's a lot of interest in it. I remember at Celebration, they had that uh, that amazing uh, giant room with the droids, and some of them, they, there was a plaque by the droids being built, and they said how long the the guys and gals have been working on these things. Mm-hmm. And some of them, like, some are, you know, some R2 units, they, they've been working on for 10-plus years. <laughs> You know, it's like it looks great. You know, it looks great. The passion is unbelievable. 
Uh, well, there's so, many, there's so many facets to the hobby. I mean, some guys get into it just to build it. I mean, they're just interested in the build. And, uh, I mean, they will, they will struggle over uh, millimeters of differences in sizes and uh, different shapes in, in the, the, uh, the dome, uh, crown of the dome. I mean, I mean, they'll go on and on and on, uh, just uh, concentrating on the minutia of the uh, little detail. Or somebody like me will uh, you know, kind of slap one together and, and take it out on the road. So there's there's a lot of different uh, facets to the to the process. How many how many droids have you built? Uh, three so far. Three. Uh, so I, I say so. I say so far. You know, my wife told me the other day that uh, you know you have three droids. Don't you think that's enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe three's enough. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I feel like anything when you ask a Star Wars fan, like, don't you think you've done that enough? Like, don't you think think you've seen that movie enough, or you have enough action figures? Like, it's never exactly. It's exactly. never. But enough. I mean, it's like a bowler. I mean, haven't you bowled enough games or? Uh, a guy that collects uh, baseball cards. Don't you have enough baseball cards? And I don't know. You know, it's, it's not a question for me to answer for anyone except myself. So, you mentioned uh, some of the charity stuff you've done with your droids. Tell me a little bit more about that, because I, I I I see the photos all the time, and I just think what you you folks do is the most incredible thing in the name of Star Wars fans. Oh, it's uh, it's the one thing that uh, is the most rewarding thing you'll ever do in your life. Um, there have been, I've had experiences that, uh, I mean, everybody looks at me and say, oh, you're doing such a great thing going out and, and doing this and spending your time. And, and it's, it's, it, no, not really. It's, it's almost the most selfish thing you can do because when you go into a hospital or you go, you know, into uh, like uh, Wednesday, I have a, an event with the Boy Scout uh, group down in Holly. Um, when you go into a group of kids or you go into even a kid's uh, hospital room and you're able to share and, and exchange things, I mean, uh, information, to see a kid's eyes light up when you open the back of R2 and show him how things work and how it's put together. Or if you roll into a kid's uh, hospital room, and when we do that, I stay outside, and usually, R2 usually goes in with a nurse. And I'm outside kind of uh, running the sounds and, and making the motions and things. But, um, you know, when a kid's in a hospital bed uh, with his head bandaged up and wires coming out, and he probably just had brain surgery and, you know, he's not feeling very good, and you just see a, a big smile on his face, and uh, it's, it's just unbelievably gratifying uh, to be able to be privileged enough to, to be able to do that. It's just it's something I never imagined in a million years I'd be able to do. That's the best. That's the best. Um, so BB-8. When you first saw BB-8 in the in that first teaser trailer, were you like, "That's it, that's it right there"? <laughs> oh man, BB-8 has been the biggest challenge. Um, I knew that something was coming because I know the two guys that were building the droids in uh-huh. the new movie. And about three years ago, you know, Oliver Steeples and Lee Towers here are the two our uh, two builders that Lucasfilm hired to do the build uh, for the movie. They didn't build BB-8. They built the R2-D2s and the other droids you see running around in the background. Um, they had another group building the BB-8s that were in the movie. But 
um, they knew about them. And however, and we, you know, they won't say anything. They, they're signed under oath. Um, I think they lose their first born male child yeah, if, they couple, say, if they say anything. A couple fingers, but, uh, maybe. But yeah. they, I, I did know that there was a droid coming that no one had seen before because uh, one of them slipped and said, uh, whoever builds that one first should get a medal. <laughs> but, but we, so, you know, we didn't know if it was 20 feet tall and a big square block or uh, the, something the size of a baseball. You know, we had no idea until that first teaser trailer came out. And it was three seconds they showed it. And the whole bottom ball is blurred. You can't make out any details on the bottom, but you can see the head. And I studied every single... Uh, frame of that teaser trailer uh, for about a week and I searched the internet and I found a piece of um, leaked concept art that had come out quite a while ago on an obscure website and it had some of the designs so I just decided um, I had to I had to I just wanted to have it out there as quickly as I could so it was a really neat challenge um, I built the outside shell of it in about three weeks, and I had it um, next to my Christmas tree, and I mean, it looked really close to the, what we see now on the screen, but we didn't have a lot of the details. But uh, when I, uh, there was a huge debate going on on the, on the Star Wars and on the uh, Prop Builders website of whether it was the size of a baseball, the size of a basketball, or if the dome was the size of R2's dome, which would make the body too big to go through a doorway. You know, there, was some, there was a big debate on what the size was. And then I just put up a picture of what I had just built. And they just went nuts. I mean, everybody just went nuts because, <laughs> um, you know, while they're debating the size, somebody had gone ahead and built it. So I was um, I was really uh, privileged to be able to be awarded um, uh, the BBA Builders Club, which, of course, you know, there's a club for everything. Yeah. But there's a, there's a BBA Builders Club, and they awarded these really nice uh, brass a medallion uh, to the guys that built BB-8. And they built seven for the movie, and then they built the one that goes out on the red carpet, the one that they can actually drive uh, by itself. So those eight, the first eight um, um, medallions went to those guys. And then and they had a laser etched number on them, and I've got number nine. So oh my God! It was it was it was really cool to to be recognized as a, as the first outside of Lucasfilm BB-8 builder. Wow. Even though mine wasn't even though mine wasn't perfect, um, I did get it to roll and drive. And there's videos up on the um, up on YouTube and things like that. But uh, it was it was just a fun, uh, challenging thing to do. So you got the medal. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I guess I got yeah, like uh, I guess I got the medal that they said they should have got. Has actually um, uh, produced the uh, um, 3D printing uh, programs that you need and put them up online for free for anybody who wants them. Anybody that has a 3D printer can now 3D print their own BB-8 full size, or you can scale it, you know, half size or whatever you want to do. But uh, the files are out there and they're available. 
That's beautiful. <laughs> so what, what, what? So that's so, Jason. All you have to do is buy a three D printer and get at it. Uh, I'll tell I'll tell my wife this is this is the new plan. <laughs> uh, so what, what are some of, what are some of your uh, plans for the future? Anything you can share? Anything you want to share or hint at? Oh, I've, I've actually, um, well, I just finished another book uh, that went up on Amazon uh, a couple of days ago, so that's kind of been keeping me busy. And then now I, I actually spent the morning in, uh, working on the new BV-8. I had some new magnets and things to put in to, to hold the head on better. So I've been working on that, so trying to get that second one to uh, roll like the first one did. And I've got a couple artist friends. One of them's my brother. Um, I'm doing some prop building for them just as a, as a uh, favor, or as a, you know, we're swapping art, or, or um, you know, it, we're, I'm building some of those kind of things. So, and I guess they would be considered droids. They're um, uh, radio controlled um, uh, figures of things that they have already drawn in their books, in their graphic novels, in their comics, things like that. That sounds great. That sounds exciting. So we're working on it. working on that stuff. Yeah. And where can people find your work if they want to research out, see some photos and stuff? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook. I mean, you can you can search uh, Kurt Zimmerman with a K, K-U-R-T, Zimmerman. And uh, I have a lot of Facebook friends that uh, sign up just for looking at the droids, things like that. Or uh, R2-D2 has got his own Facebook page, uh, Kurt's R2-D2. That's great. Or um, I have a website. Uh, it's KurtWZimmerman.com. I have uh, a lot of pictures of droids. I have some event pictures on there, uh, some of the hospital visits, some of the uh, uh, school visits, uh, things like that. And um, I also have my books and things on there, too. So um, there's a lot of different ways people can get a hold of me. Well, Kurt, you do amazing work. Well, thanks, Jason. Thank you so much for doing this. Sure, no problem. Uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> Thanks. It's Star Wars radio-controlled R2-D2. Two 9-volt and two C alkaline batteries not included. You can make R2-D2 move, beep, and flash his light by wireless radio control. Hey, let me try. You can make R2 move forward. Look out, Dad! Backward, turn and beep. Radio-controlled R2-D2, new from the Star Wars collection by Kenner. Well, thank you again, Kurt. That was really amazing, really unbelievable stuff. I mean, seriously, that stuff about the metal with the BB-8, unbelievable. Unbelievable, so awesome. So let's turn it right over to a talk about comics, Marvel comics, Marvel Star Wars comics with Dave Scheidt. What's going on? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. So tell the Loyal Blast Points listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so my name is Dave Scheid. I'm, uh, I'm from Chicago. Um, I don't know, I guess I, I've been a Star Wars fan essentially all my life, I guess. Um, I'm also a comic book writer. I've written stuff like uh, Adventure Time and Aya Comics and some other cool, you know, self-published stuff. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know, just lifelong Star Wars fan, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So, over the past year, um, we've been talking pretty steadily about the Marvel Star Wars comics um, online, 
And it, it's, hard, it's hard to believe that it's been a full year of Marvel Star Wars comics. Like, when you think back on the, the, the year of comics that, that Marvel's put out under the Star Wars banner, what, what, what are the first things you think of? Well, I think it's just, um, I don't know, it's weird to go back just because, you know, since Star Wars has been doing it for... I don't know. Was it, has it been almost like 30 years before? They've been doing it like after Marvel, like forever. Early 90s, I believe, with um, yeah. Dark Empire 1 and 2, I think. Yeah, it's been just like forever, and it was almost kind of, uh, I don't know, those have always just been really cool Star Wars stories. It's never been about, you know, putting on huge creators for the sake of, you know, like, you know, here's a Jim Lee Star Wars comic, or here's like a whatever, you know, they've always picked kind of like unknown people but super solid storytellers yeah and they've always been like awesome so it was always kind of um I guess it was inevitable with like the you know when Disney you know bought Marvel or whatever it was kind of like uh oh like when is you know Dark Horse gonna stop doing Marvel comics so it was kind of uh to be honest I was like really really reluctant at first when I heard that they were you know redoing that I was yeah, too. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Were you like, I, I, or what? Because I know you've read all the stuff like over the years and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of like the Dark Horse comics, and like like you were saying, like you'd pick up a, a Wedge Antilles X Wing Rogue Squadron comic. And yeah. you'd pick it up and be like, who the hell is this artist? This is amazing. Yeah. And they would, like, find someone from nowhere. And it was, they knew they had the name Star Wars. And they could sell whatever they put in there. And they, mo- not all the time, but most of the time, the art was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah. and, and it helped get a lot of unknown folks out into a bigger world. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I was very kind of reluctant because I was just kind of like, oh man, what's this going to, like, do we need a, a clean start of the comics now too? Like I, I, I was a big, huge fan of dark, like dark horses stuff, like I said. So I was nervous, but, um, I don't know that some of the first Marvel stuff they started putting out, I was kind of like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I really think they kind of, uh, they had that, like, huge, huge pressure of, like, you know, uh, getting out of the gate before, like, Force Awakens to get people, like, excited about Star Wars again, you know, and I think that, like, you know, uh, everyone's gonna, you know, fans are gonna get excited over regardless or whatever, but from, like, a mainstream, mainstream perspective, they're, like, like, to this day, those Marvel comics are selling, like, amazing and, like, way better than any of, like, the, you know, uh, Spider-Man stuff and Avengers stuff was selling, you know, so it's, like, even now, those are still, like, super popular books, and I think that, uh, and not just because it's new Star Wars, just because it's good and it's holding like a really good momentum with all the, uh, you know, awesome books they've been putting out. So in the last year of all the series they put out, because actually in the in the past year they put out a good number of different series. Um, what have been some of the highlights for you? What what are some of the the books or the series or the issues that have really stood out for you? Like su- surprisingly, like all of them for the most part, I've like really, really, really have been into. But I think. I mean, obviously, the flagship, just Star Wars title, has been, you know, off-the-wall crazy shit. You know, it's been, like, uh, uh, I think just the, yeah, the main title that Jason Aaron's doing has been really, really awesome. Um, but I think as far as, is like, for, like, all the titles, I think uh, Kane in the Last Padawan has been, like, my favorite of, like, all of those so far. Yeah, I, I've dug the crap out of Kanan, but I would have to go. The one I keep recommending to people is Lando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that Lando comic, like, from the art 
to the story, to the twists and turns that story took, that I was yeah. I was hooked into that. I feel like it felt the most like um, I don't know if natural is the word, but like it was one hundred percent like a Lando story. It felt like something that happened to him, and not just you know what I mean. Like it felt so close to the character of the movie, and somehow you know added new elements to it. But I think uh, yeah, it was wild, and the art's awesome. Like uh, it was really good. Alex Maleve and uh, yeah, no, they just had some solid people. Lando was awesome, and I think. Uh, there was a thing we were talking about before, like, in the Lando comic, the whole thing, how it's, like, this heist comic with, like, Emperor Palpatine's, like, you know, his, like, space yacht or whatever. Right. Um, in, the, in the visual dictionary, it said that, like, I think it said that, like, Phasma's armor is, like, built from that ship. I, th- yeah, I think from, that... Like, yeah. Because some people were saying... Which it's, is crazy. People were saying it was, it's Padme's ship from uh, Phantom Menace, but no, uh-huh. it, they're saying it's Palpatine's ship, so... Yeah. That would mean it's that one from the Lando comic, which is pretty yeah. f- outrageous. Yeah, that's cool. That's like a, it's like a weird thing, but yeah, just uh, being able to tell a different type of story, I guess, within Star Wars, but it still feels like Star Wars. Like, it's totally like an awesome ice comic, but it's totally... A Lando story, you know, it still felt like, you know, that was like Billy D, you know, and like that, you know, and, and the stuff they did with Lobot, and it was just. <laughs> it was outrageous. Yeah, I never thought I'd read that, you know. And that was crazy, too, because, like, in the beginning of the comic, when it starts out where Lando's talking to Lobot, I'm like, well, crap, I guess Lando, I guess Lobot can talk. I never thought about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he was just real quiet in Empire. Um, yeah. But I want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't read the comic, but, you know, Lobot has been the. You know, like the, a joke, or like, oh, Lobot's so cool, or ha ha ha, yeah. Lobot. But it's like, no, in this comic, like, you really, you get, you start feeling for Lobot pretty hardcore. Yeah, and it's cool too, because like I said, it feels like natural. It doesn't feel like, like, oh, come on, you know, like, it, you know, like, it still felt true to the characters of the movie. It's almost just like, you know, like, holy shit, Lobot is awesome. You know, like, yeah, he was just a kind of background character, but. Uh, you know, getting the opportunity to, like, tell a story, you know, to showcase that, it was, like, really cool. And like I said, I didn't think I would be really, really sad reading something about, like, you know, Lobot, but it's real. It, it got real. <laughs> yeah, it got really real. It got really Yeah, real. yeah, it was good, yeah. It was great, though, yeah. A lot of those miniseries have been uh, really good. Um, I think the Chewbacca one, again, was, like, you know, beautiful to look at. Like, Phil Noto is awesome. He's been doing, you know, tons of stuff with, you know, um... What was the? Uh, he illustrated one of the novels, like one of the young adult novels. Oh yeah, the um, the before the awakening with uh, yeah. the 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 it's got the the Finn backstory of Finn's training yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, all the people they've been getting have been awesome, and honestly, that was um, one of my concerns when when they announced that Marvel was going to do it because you know I'm a huge comic fan and a huge Star Wars fan too, so you know there's a huge you know, potential for this, like, weird conflict. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I want to like it because it's Star Wars, but I still, you know, like the comics and I still, whatever. But um, it wasn't about, like, there are some really huge names on these books, but it wasn't just, you know, sun casting. They're not just putting a huge creator on there just because it's going to sell books. Like, they put the right people on pretty much all these books, which is, like, really awesome. Yeah. And, uh, 
Do they just, yeah, just, all the creators and stuff, I think they've done, all the editors have done a really good job of like finding the right creators for these, to tell these different types of stories. It's like we were saying with the Lando um, comic, it, it all feels natural for the most part. Yeah. Now, having said that, it hasn't all been hits. There have been some lows, as there will be with anything. But for what are some of the low spots for you? Um, for me personally, um, I think the Vader comic is kind of, I don't know. Um, I, I just think the idea of like an ongoing Darth Vader comic is almost just like too much of a good thing, you know? Sure. Like, you know, Vader is, you know, the coolest fucking dude of all time, right? Yeah. But like, Having, uh, you know, uh, it's almost, I don't want to say exhausting reading, like, an ongoing thing with him, but it is almost like, um, it's almost too much of a good thing for me. So, I just, I feel like I get really nitpicky with that book just because it's, like, seeing so much of Vader is just kind of weird, you know, because at least with, like, movies and stuff, you get, like, you know, there's a really cool Vader scene, and then, you know, you see other people, and you see him again, and it's kind of like, when you see him, it's just cool, and then just you know, cool moment, and then it cuts something else, but, like, a continuous Vader story for me, like, an ongoing series is kind of just, like, I don't know, it's kind of overkill for me. Uh, I feel like with the Vader series, it's, it's kind of the problem with Vader's character in general right now, that he can either be, people either write Vader as an unstoppable, like a Terminator, or they write yeah. him as... Yeah, a sad man in a metal suit, which, yeah. like in all reality, he's a little bit of both, and yeah. it's a, it's a tricky balancing act to, to pull off. But almost, it's just like Vader. Even though we know we've seen him as a young boy all the way up until his death, his character is still fascinating, and yeah, it's sure. like. The thing that gets me with the Vader issue is there's so many other people in the comics, like. And it's like people droids are you into those oh because <laughs> <laughs> in a way that's like uh, like you know on paper like evil droids is like it's funny and kind of dumb but in like a good way but like I don't know some people are, who I've talked to are like really into the evil evil droids some people are reader comics some people love those evil droids <laughs> people are fl- and I'm like man from day one I'm like okay, maybe I would like the evil droids more if they didn't if it wasn't like a like a black C-3PO or something. Yeah. And, and, and then like an, ev- yeah, an evil R2-D2. Like if it was just yeah. two evil droids that didn't look like R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah. And like the latest I mean, issues with the, the cyborg Mon Calamari. Oh, yeah, that was, was kind of. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a, he was kind of like a grievous, kind of like half machine, half like, yeah, like. Uh, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of that was a little much, I think. Well, there are times when I'm like I'm reading the Vader series, and I'm like, is this supposed to be a joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Because it's the thing too with like the droids and stuff. It's like you know there have been you know evil like IG88 like you know an evil droid. Yeah. But it just is like having the contrast of just like it looks like three PL, but it's not. He just like. You know, talks about ripping people's arms off and stuff, and he has like a flamethrower and like all that. It's like, um, I think just when I was reading that right away, when I saw those, I'm like, this isn't for me. Like, I love Star Wars, but like, evil, evil droids like this can't do it. It's not for me. No, no. <laughs> yeah. What What's your opinion on uh, Doctor Afra? Um, 
again, just like the whole Vader thing, it's just weird having Darth Vader like hanging out with people, you know? Yeah. Like just like, you know, on a spaceship having full conversations and stuff, it's just kind of, it's weird. Because, you know, yeah, that stuff's probably happened, but it's just weird witnessing it and him just hanging out on the spaceship and having like a whole huge monologue with people. I feel like it's, uh, you know, kind of weird. I don't know. I, 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 I get what they're doing with their character. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just kind of just, it doesn't really do it for me. Like the whole kind of Indiana Jones style, like, you know, Warcraft or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. It's just weird Vader hanging out with somebody, you know? I don't really, I don't know. It's a weird thought, you know? Yeah. It's, again, it's like, I just don't get the tone of that series. It's still, yeah. still a head scratcher. I don't, I don't know. So one, one series that got a lot of hype this year was uh, Shattered Empire. Do you feel like, it, did it live up to the hype for you? It was that whole journey to The Force Awakens. There was a lot of excitement. Yeah. Um, see, Shattered Empire was really weird, man. Like, I liked it. I thought the art was really cool and the story was cool. But it kind of, um, it, it kind of just, like, ended kind of abruptly. Yeah. I feel like I would have liked for it to be able to, um, I don't know, stretch the story out a little bit because it, it was, what, three issues, right? I think so. Three or four issues. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really well done. It was just very, like, it was weird having, you know, having uh, Poe Dameron's mom and dad kind of, like, telling their story about after Return of the Jedi and stuff. And then, um, I don't know where, with, like, Luke showing up, like, that was cool. Yeah. But it was weird. He just kind of showed up, and it was kind of, like, it just ended. Let's go get a forest tree. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the whole forestry thing, again, it was, like, cool, but it's kind of like, wait, what, where, where did this come from? Like, what's going on? Yeah. 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 Forestry? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you say so. Yeah. I think that was kind of like the, what is your, like, what the heck is going on? It was, what, what, yeah, what the heck's going on? on? There it is. Bing, bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing. Yep. Yeah, um, but, I mean, it was so cool. I still, I still liked... I always like, you know, uh, supplemental stuff like that. I like backstory, and I like, you know, um, I was... You know, super, super excited about Force Awakening. So it was like, um, it was cool just getting more of, you know, uh, I guess like post Jedi stuff. Sure. But uh, it was, it was, it was strange. But I still thought it was really cool. So speaking of what the heck is going on, quick side note: what the heck was going on with that art in the uh, that second Obi Wan one spot? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. I, <laughs> it's like really, yeah, it's uh. I know like, It's a like, really weird Photorealistic Like painted Yeah I like I, I didn't realize That there was Like a filling issue And uh Which the, the, the past couple ones Have been alright You know Like that first Obi-Wan one Was like oh, I, that, that was, was out of control That, that was, was like Yeah The real deal And uh Yeah I know It was weird I think Like A super Like photorealistic Painted art style Like a Star Wars comic Is just kind of like I don't know. It was weird. It, it weirded me out. <laughs> it was like I'm I'm down with that, I guess, but it's like the, the Obi Wan in it was just like, what Obi Wan is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, like they didn't, it, yeah, it didn't look like Alec Guinness or, or Ewan McGregor. You know, uh, even Luke. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. It looked looked like different people playing them or something. I was kind of down with the buck tooth Luke, but I was like, this is <laughs> this is crazy business, man. Yeah, it was weird. It was uh, you know, I look forward to like those villain issues. Like, it's awesome having like standalone, yeah, you know, Star Wars comics or whatever, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that one. That wasn't. That's not one of my favorites for sure. No. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was on the bus reading it because usually like Wednesday night, like you know, I go to the comic shop after work and I read the Star Wars comics like immediately first, and then I like got like three pages into that Star Wars comic, I'm like, can't do it. <laughs> I need to be like at home looking at this. It's just too much. It's tripping me out, man. I can't do it. Yeah, it was weird because I worry about like you know people behind me looking at it and seeing this like creepy little photorealistic painted like Luke face. <laughs> Like, what, the, what is this dude reading? It's just weird. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man, I would love that. <laughs> Look, that dude is the weirdest. He's yeah, because I've had, like, reading these, like, and, and again, it's cool because when they when they brought these Star Wars comics back, because I've had more than a few people, like, on the bus, like, I was reading it, and uh, it was, like, right when they first came out, and there was this girl like next to me and she's like can I ask you something I'm like yeah what's up she's like is there a Star Wars comic I'm like yeah she's like I didn't know they made those and I was like yeah man they're really good you should check them out but she was like amazed that there's like such things that it's like yeah, where have you been the past 30 years you know it was weird she was really impressed so it was cool did, um, did you get her digits did you make a no, connection no I was no. just really uncomfortable on the bus at no. least I'm just like I'm not into it <laughs> <laughs> so upcoming we got a Poe Dameron series oh that's gonna be great yeah um we got a C3PO one shot finally coming Finally, we can figure out about that right on, man. Finally. I'm not... Yeah, I... There's some real answers, some hard truth to that. The the real facts. We're going to get to the truth. Do you have any guesses of, like, why he has a red arm? Um... I know you've been thinking about it. Don't say that you haven't, like, come up with anything. <laughs> I think the smoking gun is that at the end of Force Awakens, when they all go out to wave goodbye to the Millennium Falcon, there's that red protocol droid coming out right with uh-huh. 3PO. So I'm like, well, did he just borrow that dude's arm? You know? Yeah. But what? So I think in the in the in the visual dictionary, there's something in there that 3PO is like the spy master for the Resistance. Uh-huh. So 3PO was like sending out spy droids. <laughs> That's cool. I'm excited to see that. Hopefully, it's like a uh, C3PO James Bond comic. Then. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like C3PO, King of the Spies. Um, yeah, do it. You got to do it. Like that. That deserves more than one issue. I think. Oh, it's it is. Like, it's just like a one shot, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll just get everyone to buy it, and I'll make more C3PO comics. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Well, and I... But with your wallets. I, I heard, like, I heard one... I heard one um, rumor of a series that's coming out that I won't say anything, but I really... If anyone from Marvel ever listens to this, ever, I'd like to plead for a Kanji Club comic. Like the adventures of Kanji Club. Like, yeah, because those dudes are just so cool looking. Like, you know, like it's like all that style where they look awesome, but you don't see them doing anything. Yeah. But you know, they've, like, they've seen some shit, you know? Yeah, they've been there, they've done that, they probably kicked a hut in the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't, there, uh, wasn't there something with, uh, like, isn't one of their guns, the Kanji Club dudes, it's called, like, the Hut Killer, or Hut Player? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. I'd like to see some hut swinging then. That'd be cool. Just, yeah, just beating the crap out of huts. Kanji club style. <laughs> just, like, doing, like, old-school wrestling moves, like clothesline <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what, bottom, they're going to tombstone a hut. <laughs> what, what series, what kind of series would you like to see? Um, I mean, I'm excited they're going to do... 
you know, pre Force Awakens stuff. Uh, I think that'll be cool. I think that Poe Dameron stuff is going to be really cool. Um, um, that's a really good question. I like, um, I like that they're not really worried about still doing Clone Wars era stuff, kind of, like the Obi-Wan and Anakin, I think has it, been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would 100% love, like, Star Wars Rebels comics. Yeah. I would love just, like, um, you know, just the crew of the ghost, just, you know, um, it would be cool if it was all ages or if they just did it in the style that they do Kanan. Um, I think that would be awesome. I would love for them to do that. And uh, actually, on Tumblr, um, Jordan White, like the editor of the Star Wars comics, like has like an ask feature. And I asked him if, like, you know, since Kanan's ending at like issue, you know, I don't know, like thirteen or fourteen or something, if they plan on doing more like Star Wars Rebels comics or whatever. And he's like, maybe, you know, hmm. like a new seized or whatever. So um, I would love to have like an all ages Star Wars comic. Yeah, you know, I guess they already still kind of are, but. Uh, I think that would be awesome. I would love that. I I think that's a great idea because, yeah. you know, there's so many kids of all ages going into comic stores these days, and yeah. to to kind of ride that wave a little bit would be would be real real awesome. Well, it's 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 super cool just because you know as a Star Wars fan, I was really excited about it coming out, but part of the excitement is like a new generation of like people getting into Star Wars. And, you know, the first comics I read when I was little were, like, licensed comics. Like, the first comics I owned were, like, you know, like, Toxic Crusaders and, like, you know, um, um, what was the other one? Like, Red and Stimpy comics, like, in the 90s and stuff, like, the early 90s. And I think stuff like that is a good intro for comics for people. If it's, like, hey, you like this cartoon and these are the same characters you already know. So I think that would be an awesome intro to both Star Wars and, you know, comic books. I agree. I agree. I mean, I started. Yeah. I started with comics reading Star Wars, GI Joe, and Indiana Jones. And yeah, totally. Yeah. Sometimes I go back, and it's like people are like, "Oh, I didn't know that so and so wrote a run of the Adventures of Indiana Jones in the '80s." And it's like, "Oh my God, yeah, look at that." Well, there, there's actually a crazy thing. Do you know um, the main character designer on Rebels used to do like stuff for the Dark Horse Star Wars comics? Um, was it Kill- Killian Plunkett? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's, like, how he got hooked up with Lucasfilm is just because he did, like, some Dark Horse comics with them, and now he's, like, you know, the head, you know, character designer or whatever on, on Rebels, which is, like, really, really cool, I think. That is awesome that, that, that um, some of that amazing stuff that Dark Horse was doing for so long is still carrying on <clears throat> in an official yeah. capacity. Well, even that Marvel's so cool with keeping it around with, like, the legend stuff. Like, they're still reprinting, you know, Dark Horse comics through Marvel or whatever, which I think is really cool. Just recently I read, um, there was a, a Boba Fett series that, like, uh, two of, like, the Judge Dredd guys did. Yes. Like, um, John Wagner and Carlos Esqueria. Yes. That, is, that stuff, that's wild. That stuff is pretty crazy. So the, there's, a, there's, like, two stories. But they were like, you know, yeah, it was like um, John Wagner and um, Cam Kennedy did the art, and it was just awesome. It was so, um, it just it felt like Boba Fett's story, you know, because Boba Fett's cool, but it's like, I don't think he's cool just because he's Boba Fett. Like, I want to see him doing cool shit. And sure. I see, you know, something that feels like, you know, a cool, gritty, you know, Underworld Star Wars comic, and they like totally nailed it with that. So that, that's just good stuff. Well, it's like the. Boba Fett stuff in uh, Dark Empire, it's like 
suddenly he comes into the story and he's the coolest dude in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah those are awesome. So, Dave, this was awesome. Yeah, man. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Um, so I'm on Twitter, uh, at Dave, S-C-H-E-I-D-T, Dave Scheid. And uh, I guess on my website, DaveScheid.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm all up on the Internet, all up on the Twitter. Um, yeah, man, get in touch. All right. Chat, talk about Star Wars. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you, Dave, for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. I can't wait for the new year in Marvel, Star Wars, the stuff that's going to come. I, mean, I got to wonder how much it's going to lead into Episode 8 and Rogue One. It's going to be hot. It's going to be really, really hot. Remember, concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. I will. May the Force be with you. So that just about wraps it up for number five here of Blast Points. I'll be back next week with Gabe, where we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff. I already have all kinds of notes. I think we're going to talk about Force Ghosts, uh, the music and sound of Force Awakens, and who knows what else. So join us again next week for a brand new episode. So in the meantime, take a look at, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes. You must contact me. It really helps the show out, and uh, I will read your review live on the show. Not really live, but you know what I mean. Check out Blast Points on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And you can read my weekly reviews of Star Wars Rebels on DoomRocket.com. This week, there's an episode with Space Whales. Let's see what happens with the Space Whales. Okay, until next week, may the Force be with you. told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. The belonging you seek is not behind you. It is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. 
feel it. <laughs> <laughs> 